Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles, yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible, then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas, quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Hello everyone, this is Guys with Bibles. I'm Sean. And I'm Lee. And Scott is not here. He's playing games. He's playing games. With the family. I told him to quit playing games with my heart. (laughs) You're really going to try to make me sing that, aren't you? And I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm going to reference it the whole show, try to get you to start singing it. I can't say I won't. You may end up breaking me down. Uh, maybe I'll start singing it. I don't know. You might. Oh, mercy. <laughs> so... <laughs> You're like, change the subject. Um, <laughs> Bible time. <laughs> uh, so I think we're going to start in verse 12 of chapter 2 of Ephesians. And uh, see how far we get. Previously on Guys with Bibles. <laughs> okay. Stay tuned, true believers. Well, since Scott's not here, he can't make fun of my Christian Standard Bible, so I think I'll go ahead and read. What do you think I'm here for? <laughs> <laughs> You're more gracious than Scott is. Hey, that's down on the record now. Oh. I want everybody to remember that. For now, tonight anyway, you are. <laughs> uh, what do you want you me to read it for my grace runs out? Do you want me to read the uh, the end of the section twenty one, or do you want me to through the, through sixteen? How about that? That'll be an end of a sentence then. How about you don't tell me what to do? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said two sixteen. Yeah. Okay. All right, so Ephesians 2, starting in verse 12. At that time, you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations, so that he might create in himself one new man from the two, resulting in peace. This here ends the reading. That's some stuff. Yeah. It only took me two tries to read it. <laughs> In, in the Bible that has a 7th grade reading level. 
<laughs> wow. I'm going to make jokes, but I'm still... I would make jokes, but I'm still trying to be uh, as gracious as you claimed I was. Well, don't... Don't hold back. Okay. You're just lying to me and yourself. Yeah, yeah. Bearing false witness. <laughs> Sinner. <laughs> you don't even know the half of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm your friend. I know more than what you think. <laughs> you know three quarters of it. Okay. Um, so, it, we were getting... Like, the last time we talked about this, we were talking kind of about how it's the... The division, the circumcised versus uncircumcised, and now people who had been called uncircumcision are now called circumcision because, as like we discussed, their heart has been circumcised. They are now, even though they they don't match what the covenant community was, um, God in the fullness of time through Christ expanded that to all the peoples of the world, so that now circumcision is a matter of the heart, not merely an outward uh, expression. And so. Um, it's you know we're we're being reminded here in verse twelve that there was a time when Gentiles were separate from Christ and excluded completely from the promises of uh, that were delivered through Israel. Yeah, and they they were not ethnically Hebrew, so they were not part of God's people in the Old Testament according to the Old Covenant, and they were foreigners to. All of the covenants uh, leading up to the new covenant, they they had no idea what it was. They were not included in that. It was all foreign to them. And they did not have the law, uh, speaking like the Mosaic covenant. They did not have that. And the law, although as Christians we hear the word law and we kind of cringe, which we should. Sure. But at the same time, the law is what gave Israel hope. It was from the law that God's promises came. And, um, and it was be out. It was out of their, their redemption from, from Egypt and the Exodus that the law was given to them. It was a reminder of what even, even in the 10 commandments, I think I wrote a blog about this. The, uh, I've written so many, I can't remember anymore, but like (laughs) the, the, the beginning of the Ten Commandments, uh, I can't, I don't have the, uh, I don't have it memorized, but... Hold on, I'm turning to it. It's, uh... Vamp. Vamp. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Out of the place of slavery, yeah. And that, that... Was the prequel to the law and that is gospel that is i mean right. within the law that that was the gospel god has always spoken of redemption and hope even within the law and and well that, that's god, how the law was was such a, a source of delight for people like david or yeah. ezra um they delighted in the law because that was the special revelation yeah. That God had given them. And yeah, there was there was gospel in the law for sure. Yeah. I, um it was it was incomplete. Uh it hadn't been fulfilled yet, but right. and it the, was there. And there was there but there was hope based on 
all the way back in Genesis 3.15. Us Reformed folks like to like that verse. And uh, <laughs> it, the, hope, the hope within the law relies on the one that would fulfill the law for us. And that, that turns out to be Jesus Christ. Hey, man. But, so, so let's move on to verse 13, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's pretty straightforward. I think you're pretty straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I, yeah. But yeah, it, um, it is. And we have to remember, I think all of us, uh, how to put this delicately, we all have a tendency to want to, um, congratulate ourselves for our relationship with Christ and take credit as if it was, you know, it was our faith that made us believe in Christ and, uh, the grace was just sitting out there waiting for us to take hold of it and, um, this is not how it is. You know, we, we've been brought near by nothing else but the blood and work of Christ himself. Right. If he hadn't done that work in us, if he hadn't shed his blood and called us, then we wouldn't we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be in a relationship with him. We wouldn't be under his covenant, even as Gentile people. If he hadn't done the effectual work, we would all be um, subject to eternal punishment. That's right. Uh, and, and exclusion from God. You know, I think where it says uh, we were far off we've been brought near that whole proximity thing is huge to understanding what what being redeemed is you know yeah we, we could have been isolated and really you know you see the lost people that we know they are isolated you know they're out there on their own they're living by their own rules and they think they're free but they're not they're actually in the worst bondage you could think of because they're bonded to themselves and their own depravity yeah, and you know it's funny. I when it says uh, you who were far far away have been brought near, I automatically think back to the Old Testament and the temple or the tabernacle, and that the closer proximity you get to the center of the most holy place inside the temple, the the more you're exposed to the the holiness of God. Right. And the, right. and the farther away you are from God, the farther away you are from that most holy place is, you know, less and less presence of God in a sense. God is omnipotent, so he's everywhere. But he had a real dwelling place within the temple. And in order for people to get anywhere near the temple... They had to be ritually clean, and mm -hmm. and we are made clean by the blood of Christ, so we can approach the throne of grace boldly, as as Hebrews would say. And well, and that's the symbolism for why the veil was torn uh, at the moment that uh, Jesus breathed his last on the cross, was right. because that veil that separated the holy of holies in the temple from the rest of of the worship area. Um, had had finally come down that God was not 
tying himself to one particular place in the world um, that the, like you said, the entrance to the throne room of grace was open now to any who were uh, covered in the blood of Christ. Right. You know, who had received him as their mediator and their savior. Um, that, that was now open. That nearness um, was real. And you didn't have to go to a particular mountain in Israel in order to uh, experience the nearness of God. Right. You know? it, and that, that makes me think of when you were talking about the, the, the curtain or the veil uh, in Sproul's book, The Holiness of God. I think, I think it was in that book. It probably was. Um, I never thought of it like this, but he said that curtain wasn't there to protect God from the people. It was there to protect the people from God and from right, his holiness. Right. And uh, I'd never thought of it that way. It kind of blew my mind a little bit. Yeah, well, that's why the that's why the high priest wore a certain garment when he went in on the Day of Atonement. Because the presence of God in the Holy of Holies could strike him dead, and he'd have to be dragged out by a rope if he did die. Right, because no one else could go in there. Yeah, he's the only one. The high priest is the only one that could go in and bring in the offering for the Day of Atonement. After uh, having not only made atonement for his own sins, but the sins of the whole community, too, then he would go in and offer that sacrifice in the Holy of Holies. Pretty extraordinary, really, when you... And again, this is why we can't unhitch from the Old Testament. Because if you don't get what that stuff is about, if you haven't read that and made note yeah. of the importance of that Holy of Holies, there's no way you can understand not only that scene from the crucifixion, but even most of the book of Hebrews or anything else that refers to Jesus as mediator. Because as that high priest, as the ultimate high priest, the true high priest... That's that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Yeah. And if we don't have those shadows and and uh, fore, foreshadowing um, and types from the Old Testament, you miss so much of um, the importance of those roles. Yeah, and that I, Christ and, has. And frankly, a lot of people like I'll be like, you should read read Leviticus, and everybody's like, Ugh. and it's great. You. It's amazing, like, when you read it in light of Christ, in light of the New Testament, when you read Leviticus, knowing that Christ is the fulfillment of all that is in Leviticus and all of the Old Testament, really, it it's really eye-opening. It, to, it, it brings a depth to the atonement of Christ that you wouldn't get necessarily just reading the New Testament. And it, Absolutely. And like books, like epistles, like Hebrews wouldn't even make any sense at all without the Old Testament. Because mm -hmm. Hebrews is like a commentary on the Old Testament. Like it, well, I mean, mo the, the New Testament as a whole wouldn't even make sense, to be honest. Absolutely. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, Jesus quotes so much from the Old Testament in the New Testament that you, you would have to have the Old Testament simply to make sense of what Jesus says. Right. Just what he says, not even what he did or the significance of what he did. Yeah. Um, and still continues to do. Uh, I, think it was a, I think it was a Chad Bird quote where, um, from 40 Minutes in the Old Testament, which is dynamite, by the way. Oh, it's a great podcast. Um, he was saying basically that um, after the five books of Moses, the Pentateuch, everything else is, is commentary 
on yeah. what's written there. It's just Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Yeah, it's just that's so foundational every, to the rest of the of Revelation. Yeah, it's everything is built off of those first five books, including the New Testament. Everything that those first five books are the foundation of Scripture, and without those first five books, nothing else would make sense. And it's it's completely true. Yep. Glow ray. All right. Next verse. Uh, um, I'm gonna read it in the non-Arminian Standard Bible. Oh, that's a, that's my second favorite translation. <laughs> Thanks, Daryl Harrison. (laughs) Uh, For he himself is our peace who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. Uh, And, of course, in in verse 15, by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. So again, this is this is going back to the the nearness versus the far off um, aspect too. So Paul Paul is uh, continuing to flesh out that metaphor to show what the benefits that a Christian has in Christ. We're not separated anymore, right? And you know, it, it does. It takes me back to <clears throat> the first century was such a segregated world. Like even though there were so many different types of people people who did all sorts of jobs and came from all sorts of places and all sorts of ethnicities were all in Rome it was a very it was still a very segregated place like stereotypes abounded and um you know there's just enmity is is a great word um but Jesus broke down barriers yeah not only the barriers between God and sinful people but the gospel is a gospel of reconciliation so that in Christ, as worshipers, uh, when we're looking to Christ and looking toward his kingdom, we're not looking at ourselves anymore. We, we get the gospel removes those artificial um, walls that we build between ourselves along so many different lines. Um, it takes those things away because those things aren't, as relevant anymore as they as they may have been, you know what I mean? Yeah, and when you were talking about that, I immediately I got the image of well, not really the image. I I, I got the idea of Jesus Christ, the God made flesh, having dinner with prostitutes and tax collectors, like this the lowest of the low people. And uh, and even like walking up and touching lepers and and all these things that were would make you so unclean that you would not be able to worship God with the rest of the people, and here he is doing it. You know the the creator of the universe doing all these things. It's it's just amazing. It it really brings to life uh, God's grace and mercy and compassion. I'm I'm trying to find this really great quote. Um, oh. Are you all right over there? Mm. <laughs> <sighs> oh, let me find it. Uh. Okay, 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 okay. Um, 
I did find it. Yes. Um, okay, this is great. This is from um, Trevin Wax. Okay. So, this is from his book, um, This Is Our Time, I believe. Uh, this is reminding me, we are talking about the dividing wall of hostility. We've not truly grasped the full authority of Jesus our King or the expansiveness of his church until we realize that we have more in common with the Christian in Iran than our unbelieving next-door neighbor. The gospel redirects the hopes we too often pin on our country by giving us a bigger people and a better story. Our first and ultimate citizenship is the global people of God, people from every tribe, tongue, and nation who bow the knee to King Jesus. And the first time I read that, I had to think about that hard, but it really is true. We have, as a believer in the U.S., I have more in common with an Orthodox believer, you know, who who holds the essential tenets of, of Scripture in a country I've never visited before, I have more in common with that person than my own unbelieving neighbor because the foundation of our whole identity is the same. So even though right. I'll never meet that person, um, at least I, I seriously doubt I'll meet that person, um, because of Christ's work, he's brought me together with that person more so than with the person that I actually live next to in my own neighborhood. Right. And, and that's that's a radical thing. Yeah, and I'm just going to get kind of Catholic for a minute. <laughs> Sorry. But that was one of the coolest things about the Roman Catholic Church. If, am I allowed to say that? Mm. <laughs> no, it's just the, the idea that I'll I would, allow it. I'll go to Watch church. yourself, McCoy. I would go to church on Sunday, and I would know that on this day, all over the world, there are over 2 billion people that are hearing the same readings as I am, praying the same prayers as I am. To the same wafer that you are. Worshiping the same the, statue, not of the, the same exact dead woman that you are, <laughs> not the exact same wafer, but <laughs> but something pretty close to it. Yeah, and it's just there was a there was this universality and this this uh, this closeness, this bond, and when I actually left the Catholic Church, I realized that I didn't actually lose that bond. Be you know, as you said, we are all connected. Even, dare I say, even some Catholics are connected to us in that they have true faith in Christ and the gospel. And it, it's amazing. It, it really is. That it is. All over the world, there's believers. We're all, there's no dividing wall anymore. It doesn't matter what country you're from, what nation, what ethnicity you are. What, it doesn't matter. You, we are all in Christ and that's it. That's that's all there needs to be. Can I get kind of nerdy about the dividing wall detail? I love nerds, Lee. Okay. I am Here a we nerd. Go. <laughs> yeah, you are. Even yeah. even if you didn't identify as a nerd, you still are. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Same with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll, I'll own it. The dividing wall is an interesting detail because 
there literally was a dividing wall inside the temple. And there was an inscription on that wall basically saying, because, you know, okay, so back up. Under, under that second temple Judaism period, um, God-fearing Gentiles like uh, Cornelius that we meet in Acts, yeah. they were permitted, even though they were Gentiles, were permitted to come to the temple and worship. Problem was they could only uh, they could only go to the the outermost court of the temple. And as um, as anybody with a study Bible might know, if you look, they usually have a uh, schematic of the temple. There are it's not circles, but it's like uh, deep, like you said before, deeper and deeper parts. So they could go to the outermost part, yeah. and on the dividing wall between the, the outer courts and the inner courts. Uh, there was an inscription that basically warned the Gentiles that they would only have themselves to blame if they walked past it into the inner court. So there's kind of an implicit threat. Okay, if you're if you're not a Hebrew, if you're not Jewish, you know, if you don't subscribe, it, it, you know, if you're not under the covenant, the circumcision covenant, um, to go back to that to that reference, uh, you could die if you go past this. So there's right. an implicit threat in that. Yes, worship out here, but you can't come in to the full worship that we who are actually in the covenant by our um, by our ethnicity, by our law keeping, you can't be part of that. And that's exactly what Jesus came to break down. So he essentially, in his death and resurrection, took a sledgehammer to that wall. Not So he not only tore the veil, but actually tore that same dividing wall down so that people who could have only been in the outer courts, like you and me who, as Gentiles, could then go straight to the Holy of Holies through Christ. Right. And... And also, if if you uh, relate this to to Abraham and in his, uh, you know, his offspring, it went from his actual offspring of his line to those that shared his faith became his children as well. So it, it went from an ethnic to a spiritual sense correct yeah oh for sure yeah. well that's why jesus could say to the gentiles that um all those who are descended from abraham are not sons of abraham yes or as paul would say to be a jew is to be one in inwardly yeah not merely externally so it's not it doesn't depend on who your mom was you know it doesn't depend on whether you were circumcised on the eighth day all these things were signs of a covenant, but they weren't they weren't the substance. They were shadows. Oh yeah, yeah, here it is. Romans four. Uh, for if we say faith was credited to Abraham for righteousness, in what way then was it credited? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? It was while it was not while he was circumcised, but uncircumcised, and he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith. This was to make him the father of all who believe but are not circumcised because he was already justified by faith before circumcision came, before circumcision was even a thing commanded by God. Yep. So. Yep. It was a sign. It wasn't what got him into the covenant. Right. It, and and we're, always, we're always bad about taking that stuff backwards, too. 
Yeah, it's kind of weird because of the circumcision thing. It's just so weird. I love Presbyterians. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Second episode in a row, we've gone down this road. <laughs> it's just so weird because they see circumcision as a continuation of that 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 is it comes into infant baptism, and we as Baptists see it as a sign of what's already been promised, which that's which is related to our believers baptism. It's it's just it's very strange. Um Samwise Gamgee Renahan um did a good video <laughs> about <laughs> oh, Do you like how Sam. I stuck that in there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really looks he looks like the 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 movie Lord of the Rings version of Samwise Gamgee. Really Sean does. Astin? Yeah, Sean Astin. He could he could be a hobbit. A yeah. Spanish speaking hobbit. It's but anyway. <laughs> so <Olé! laughs> Anyway, go on. Uh so he in in a video about Baptist covenant theology, he talks about the difference between a type and an anti-type. Uh and I think that's really helpful in seeing the distinction between uh, baptism as it relates to Presbyterian theology, and then baptism as it relates to Baptist theology. It's right. really helpful. If I, I, if I want to find the video and I'll put it in the show notes because uh, it really helped me a lot. And even if you're not a Baptist, I think even just seeing that and hearing that distinction made can be really helpful in at least understanding why these Baptists insist on what what we insist on. Right, and in, in a, a in a nice way, not in a rude way. And of all the reasons for infant baptism, I have to say Presbyterians hold the strongest. Oh, yeah. And I can see where they're coming from. I can, I can see the reasons why they believe what they believe, and I respect, I respect that. They're brothers in Christ. I'm just, I'm just not with it. I just, I, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. And you come from a baby sprinkling background, so that's yeah, a lot but, for you to say. Yeah, but we, we baby sprinkled for a completely different reason than... That's true. You're right. I don't even want to get into that. That's a whole other episode. Well, then maybe that's where we land this one. Yeah, we've... Man, how many verses did we get through? Like two? Yeah, three. <laughs> okay. Well... We did pretty good. All right. So Do you have a Lee, question for me? So uh, I was getting ready to do it. So Lee, where can they find us? Well, they can find us uh, in several places on the interwebs. Um, first, oh, really? go to our website. Yeah, believe it or not, we live <laughs> on the interwebs. You can visit us at guyswithbibles.com so you can listen to streamed audio of our episodes there. You can also read the blogs that Sean and I Slave over hot stoves for, oh, um, so sweaty. Cook, cook them up and serve them right to you. Um, so yeah, uh, check those out. Um, you can subscribe to our podcast on pretty much all the main podcatchers. I'm still trying to get us on Spotify, but I just haven't been able to put the time toward it yet. <clears throat> uh, you better find the time. I really should. Honestly, no, I'm should. kidding. I'm kidding. <sighs> Um, but anyway, 
Uh, you can also see us on the social medias and all sorts of social medias. Facebook, we've got the Facebook group. So just search Guys with Bibles on there and you'll see our podcast art. So feel free to click the button to request to join and we'll approve you if we feel like it. Uh, but then you can also <laughs> <laughs> you can also use your free will to follow us on Twitter. <laughs> On Twitter and Instagram, those are at the same handle at Guys with Bibles. Our Twitter is fire, not a dumpster fire, but just actual. It's close, like but... butane fire, straight out of a Zippo. <laughs> because we're cool. Um, and then you can also email us directly at guyswbibles at gmail dot com. That goes right to our personal telephonic devices. Um, and then you must check out the rest of our brothers and sisters on the Bar Podcast Network. So that's the Bar, which comes out. Uh, these are all weekly shows, I believe. Maybe not. I'll take that out. Uh, the Bar, Just Thinking, Truth and Fire, Pastor Discussion, Mario Esco Live, uh, and a new podcast just recently added see we were the new kids on the block just for like a matter of what a month maybe yeah we're like veterans now yeah we're like we're deep in the bench now (laughs) Uh, (laughs) we're moving up the seniority list (laughs) uh we welcome our brothers on the sola cast yeah i i have to say their um their album art the tolkien nerd in me kind of sees the one ring on there oh yeah (laughs) Which I'm all about. You uh, know, I'm I'm glad I'm not the only one that saw that. Yep. Nope. Like we said, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> it, there, we, we can't escape it. No. Uh, big recommendation. If you are looking, you really should subscribe to Solacast, and you should get their episode from January 14, Christians and Guns. Very good episode. What is it? Christians and Guns. Oh, man. You know, boom, boom. Little, uh, little boom boom sticks. I like to support old number two. I'll have to listen. Yeah, me too. Okay, that's all I got. All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. And this is Guys with Bibles, and we're out. Oh, I thought you were going to yell. <laughs> <laughs>